What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sports 360. Today, we're talking to Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob and I will talk about some of the proposals being considered by MLB to return to play. Included in the current thinking is the creation of a few interesting division matchups that will make it awfully tough for some would-be contenders to advance to the playoffs. Rob and I will also take a look at the recently launched MLB The Show tournament featuring Major League players. Could this esports competition help fill the void for fans starving for baseball? We'll see. So thanks for stopping by. We're about to get into it right now on Sports 360. Joining me today on Sports 360 is our baseball analyst, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, how are you today? I'm doing good, Jeff. I'm doing good. How are, how are things working out as we continue on lockdown? Everybody healthy and safe on your end? Yes, everybody's good here. Um, not leaving the house unless we absolutely have to. Uh, taking our precautions and just kind of you know, taking it day by day. Yeah, really, that's all we we can do. And, you know, I, we're about to enter week four here in New Jersey um, of the lockdown. And as you said, we just got to continue to take the precautions, do what we can do, uh, and hope to stay healthy and safe. Um, you know, here we are, Rob. Um, we still don't have baseball, uh, still don't have the other sports as well. Uh, but there has been a lot of talk um, surrounding baseball, particularly in the last week or so, um, where we saw some reporting of baseball floating an idea of returning as early as May with all the games, all 30 teams playing in various stadiums in and around the greater Phoenix area. So everyone would be in Arizona. Um, Baseball immediately got some pushback for that. But before getting into that, just generally, what was your reaction to that story of baseball potentially returning as early as May in Phoenix? Uh, Just without even looking deep into the details, I was initially I was excited because you know, we had this opportunity to have the game back. And, um, you know, just the initial thought for me was, yes, we're going to get some baseball. You know, it's, it's going to happen. It's coming back. We're not going to lose the whole season. And we're going to get some, a little bit of normal sense of, you know, what we had before. And um, then you kind of start to settle in and start realizing that there's a lot, a lot of details that have to be figured out in regards to that. But my initial reaction was, a lot of excitement because, you know, as you guys know, I'm a big baseball guy that's live and breathe baseball. Um, so just the thought that there was some type of plan, that there is some type of action, and people are behind the scenes trying to get this going, it was exciting for me to hear. But like I said, once I kind of let that initial excitement go back down and kind of really start to think about what that entails and what kind of stuff has to be put in place 
kind of hit reality hit a little bit. Yeah, and I can understand that too. You know, because on the one hand, I believe all of us as sports fans would like to see our favorite sport, our favorite sporting events come back. And so the idea of baseball returning, uh, you know, baseball fans would gladly begin consuming baseball again if it was possible. Um, But right now, given where we are and the the health risks that still exist, uh, we, we can't have it right now. And certainly any plan, and I think we need to just lay this groundwork, any plan that MLB or any of these other sports would undertake, obviously, would be because health and government officials are involved and say it's safe to do so, whether it's in Arizona, Florida, or any place else. The NBA is talking about, for example, holding all its games when it returns in Las Vegas. Yeah, That all assumes, right, that it's safe to do so, even if there's no fans in the stands. It's safe for the players and everyone else to do so. So I think we have to start with that kind of, of a baseline. But even if we had that kind of clearance from health and government officials, Rob, the logistics of pulling this off in Arizona or, and we'll talk about this in a minute because there's also an idea being floated out there of doing it in Arizona and in Florida, having a cactus league and a grapefruit league. But the logistics associated with that are tremendous. Yeah, and there's so many things that has to be set in place for just, we'll just talk about the Arizona aspect, for just that to happen. Because you kind of, what they're kind of talking about is putting the players almost in a bubble, per se, uh, only playing here, staying in these specific hotels. But then you factor in, you need hotel staff, you need, you know, trainers, you need team executives, team personnel. Um, I'm sure you're going to need some type of security for the stadium. You're going to need a lot of, people that, doctors, all that other stuff, you're going to need even tests for, to test these players and the people around the place. Um, there's so many people that have to be factored into this. And you wonder, okay, you can quarantine the players, but are you going to do the same thing for everyone else that's going to be around the players and all the staff working at these hotels and the cooks? And, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of other people that I'm missing here that are going to be involved and around these players and stuff like that. Um, that's, that's a lot of detail that has to be figured out before we can seriously say, okay, this is when we're going to start. And, you know, it's, it's so much, and it's, it's a lot of small details too, not just the big stuff like that. It's a lot of smaller details that um, have to be factored in into these decisions. So these are huge decisions once it does get, once the groundwork does get laid out. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that was talked about was player families, because there was some talk of the players, you know, being in isolation in Arizona. And there was a question of whether families would be allowed. And you had some players very forcefully saying, if you think I'm going to be in a bubble for three or four months without my family, you can forget about it. Right. Yeah. Um, Ryan Zimmerman, for example, I believe he was saying, I believe his wife, he and his wife may be expecting a child. And, yeah. and if it's not, I mean, obviously there are going to be some players in that situation. 
And, you know, you hear these players saying, it's no way in the world that I'm going to miss the birth of my child. And then, depending upon when that birth takes place and when the resumption of play is, perhaps be months without seeing him or her, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. These players are saying that's not going to happen. But you also raise an interesting point. It's one thing to say the players, club officials, and everyone else will be quarantined or in the bubble. But the same thing goes for the hotel workers. They can't go home either. Um, security and the rest of it. The answer would seem to suggest, yeah, they can't. They, you know, you have to contain everyone. Um, and I'm, you know, I guess there will be some who will be, if they're not working now, would be grateful for the opportunity to to work and to earn a paycheck. But that's certainly a real consideration as well. Um, but I do think, Rob, that the one location does make sense if you can pull off the logistics, because I don't believe that baseball or any of these leagues, if they return in 2020, will return with interstate travel, you know, with everyone going back to the way they used to and playing their home games at home and traveling for road games and all the rest of it. I can't see that happening. I don't think that we would be in a position as a country uh, for that to take place. What do you think about that? I agree with you there. I don't think that we're going to see a quote-unquote normal schedule for any sport for the rest of this, this season, this year, 2020. Um, it just, it's too much of a risk. And even if, you know, these lockdowns do end, that doesn't necessarily mean that the virus is 100% gone and that something can't spike it. And one of the things that could potentially, you know, create a new spike would be travel back and forth between all these cities and states and stuff like that. Um, so I do agree with you. I don't think we're going to see, you know, normal travel for any sport. And if a sport was to pull it off, it has to be something kind of with this kind, kind of framework with this, we're going to keep everything in a bubble and try to work it out that way. Kind of similar to like you mentioned earlier, what the NBA is trying to do with playing all their games in Vegas. Right. And with and, and, and baseball, we talked about or at least alluded to it, that another plan that has been discussed is having two locations, playing in Florida and in Arizona. So for the 15 teams that train in, in, uh, in Arizona, there'll be a cactus league. For the 15 teams that train in Florida, there'll be a grapefruit league. Um, and the divisions... Rob, are really interesting. You know, before we, we came on today, you talked about how it would benefit the Yankees, their particular division in the Grapefruit League, because it would be the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Pirates, and Tigers. So you don't have any problem with that proposed division if we were to have a Grapefruit League when baseball returns. Not at all. <laughs> I would take, I'll take 18 games against the Pirates any year, believe it. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see if it, this kind of does work out. Um, another thing for me, just as a Yankee fan, the division that the Red Sox are in, they have Minnesota, Atlanta, Tampa, and then Baltimore is the only team that's not that good in there. So I'll, I'll have fun watching, watching that as well. But it'll be interesting to see how they, if, if this kind of stuff works out with the two cities and with Florida, with the two states, I mean, Florida and Arizona. 
Yeah, because you, you know you mentioned the 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 division that the Red Sox would be in, right? Twins, Rays, Red Sox, Braves, and Orioles, right? You have three teams that made the playoffs last year in the Twins, Rays, and Braves. Um, the Red Sox would be in that division. So the combination of the easy division, or at least it looks easy on paper that the Yankees would be in, and what is a really tough grapefruit uh, division for the Red Sox um, has you uh, dreaming of this type of a Florida-Arizona split, doesn't it? Oh, I would love it. Absolutely. And even even the rest of the Grapefruit League, it's Washington, Houston, the Mets, St. Louis, and then Miami. So I think the Yankees got the best best division, we call, we'll call it, out of that whole bunch in the Grapefruit League. So believe me, I will take this if this is what they go with. Yeah, and and you know, so it it'll be interesting to see. Um, we don't know, obviously, right now there are too many unknowns, yeah. so we don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know if there's even going to be a return to play. Everybody hopes so, but we don't know, and obviously, we don't know if it'll be in Arizona, or we would have these split leagues. But certainly, you know, we talked about how MLB got a little bit of pushback on this idea of returning in May. Um, and that should not have leaked out because I, it, it seems like that was just pie in the sky and it didn't really comport with reality. But having said that, I, I think that MLB, the Players Association, and everyone else involved here, they have to be putting all kinds of things up on the drawing board, right? And just having all kinds of potential scenarios based on, you know, return to play in in May or in June or July or August or whatever the case may be. I think you have to have as many ideas as possible so that when things become more certain, everyone is able to put a plan in place quickly and, and get the game back on the field. So from that standpoint, I have no problem with coming up with ideas. You have to come up with ideas, don't you? Yeah, you definitely do because like you said, the last thing you want is to get the green light from the government and then not have something solid in place where you can just kind of get going as soon as possible. Um, you definitely do want to plan and you want to have, you know, plan for different types of scenarios because you don't know when, like you said, you don't know when the season's coming back. You don't know how many games you'll be able to get in. If you can plan for, you know, we'll say 162 game season, kind of try to squeeze them in. You can plan for a 100-game season. You can plan for an 81-game season, whatever the case may be. You do have to have multiple scenarios, multiple plans in place, um, and just kind of allow, you know, the way things are going to cancel it out as you go. But you cannot just sit still and say, okay, well, let's just wait. Let's just wait and see. You can't have that kind of approach when you're trying to get a season going. And, you know, if, if the season doesn't, begin at any point, then okay. But at least you had contingencies in place for whatever type of scenario ends up happening, you know, with this coronavirus and all that stuff going on. Right. Right. And so, you know, um, for those who are involved, I'm sure there's a lot of work, a lot of ideas being tossed around and just a whole lot of factors that have to be considered, 
it, it's a huge task. It's a monumental task. It's something that none of these leagues have ever faced before. And so it's going to take as many ideas as possible. And I think you, you put them all out there and, you know, you go kind forward with what thing. fits the scenario. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, yeah. that's all you really can do at this point. It's just, you know, plan for, plan for the best and plan for the worst. And that's unfortunate, but that's kind of the scenario we're put in. It's a, it's a new, it's a new world. And you just kind of have to adjust and hope that you do end up having a season. And then when that season is able to begin, that there's already been a, a plan put in place to start right when you get the green light. Right. Right. Well, we'll see, Rob. I mean, obviously, as things continue to unfold over these next few weeks and hopefully not months, but as long as it takes, because, again, health and safety are paramount. And, you know, we have to see how that how that transpires for Arizona, Florida or wherever games may be played. Um, Now, there are some games being played electronically uh, the players association MLB and Sony entertainment have created MLB, the show, a tournament that uh, features 30 players, one player representing each of the, th- the 30 major league teams playing in a round Robin tournament um, that will raise money for the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and Canada. I can tell you that I know as we're speaking, this tournament started last night, Friday night, uh, April the 10th. I did not watch Rob, and I do not have any intentions of watching, but for those who are in need of a baseball fix, maybe this is something that they can check out. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm not a big fan of sitting there watching people play. I like playing myself. Um, but I think it's a good, it's a, it's a cool thing for people who are interested in watching um, these players play. And I think it's good that the players have volunteered to do this, and it's for a great cause. You know, you can't knock them for doing something that's good for the community, especially in times like this. Um, so I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for for esports, and I think it's good for, you know, for, for fans that want to, that are missing baseball and have the opportunity to see their favorite players um, go against each other, even if it is, you know, you're just watching them play video games and stuff like that. I think it's cool. It's not for me, but I still think it's a cool idea. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's not for me either, but obviously esports is something that is is growing, uh, and certainly there's an appetite for that, and there's a, a demographic that's really interested in esports and, and consuming this kind, of, this kind of content. And to do it, uh, to have your favorite players representing his team, and you get an opportunity to see him playing against other players, and they're playing baseball, albeit electronic baseball, it's something, right? It, there's a fan engagement. There's fan connection. Uh, it's good for the players that they're involved. They can connect with fans. It's good for the league. And they're raising money for a good cause. So there are some good aspects to it. You know, the NBA has also, 
they were in the midst of a tournament. And, you know, yeah. I tried to watch it. It was on ESPN and some of the other affiliated channels. And I tried to watch a little bit of it. And, but I just can't, man. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough to, to watch people play. I remember even just me growing up with an older brother, kind of watching him play video games. All I wanted to do was snatch the controller and play myself. Um, so th- that's kind of maybe why I can't just sit there and watch other players play. But like we said, you know, if there are people who enjoy it, it is a big audience, I'm sure, that is watching the NBA and, and now the MLB stuff going on. So I think it's great. Uh, it isn't for me, like I said, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to knock it because I think it's great for, I think it's great for the sport, great for esports, like I said, and, you know, p- power to them for doing this. This is great for the fans. So if it's not for you, though, right, but so what do you do as, you know, as a big baseball fan yourself, what do you do to fill the void? Uh, A lot of what I've been doing, I have a two-year-old, training him and raising him to be a Yankee fan. So uh, (laughs) he he knows to ask me for, for Yankee videos. Um, I think his favorite player is going to end up being Derek Jeter. I did name him after Derek Jeter. His name is Jeter. So uh, we got something going there because he's asking me for Derek Jeter videos. So hmm. I think I got something going, something brewing. I'm raising a little Yankee fan. So he doesn't ask me for videos. So we'll watch highlights of, of Jeter's plays. We'll watch old videos, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. stuff, uh, Tony Gwynn. A lot of those older, Vlad Guerrero was another one, another video that I posted up on on my page on Instagram. So um, that's kind of what I've been doing, just reading articles and watching some old videos and stuff like that. I don't watch the games that are televised, the older games, only because I do know what's going to happen. So it kind of takes the emotion out of it for me. But I I also think that's cool that they're televising these classic games and stuff like that. But that's kind of what I do to kind of get by without having the actual sports winning. Yeah, I'm... I'm contemplating here. So your son's name is Jeter. Jeter Alexander after Jeter wow. and Aaron. <laughs> wow. Really? Okay. This gets deeper. Jeter Alexander. Wow. Yeah. You are a baseball fan, bro. Um, and, and just, just for the record, I did. I, A-Rod has been my favorite player, like even from his days in Seattle. It was, it's always been A-Rod and Jeter, like one and two, growing up. But Jeter won out when it came to naming your son, though. Oh, yeah. I think the, the, the name Jeter just speaks volumes in baseball lore. So I think that was the way to go. Right, right. All right. Well, you're teaching him how to, uh, you know, to be a Yankees fan. Yeah, I mean, for me, Rob, I don't, I don't really do anything to try to fill the void. I, you know, I... Um, I'm just waiting for the games to come back. You know, it's hard for me to to watch classics or to watch, you know, old games. Maybe I watch a snippet here and there, you know, some yeah. of us, you know, but not, you know, an entire game or anything like that. You know, I'm just hoping, like like many others, that we will see a return of of baseball and and basketball and these other sports that other people enjoy, uh, because that would indicate that we're coming out of the grips of this virus. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Um,
because these sports are not going to return until that's the case. So we actually will get a double benefit, right? That we will know that if sports is returning, it's only because the country is returning. And um, in terms of health and safety being somewhat restored. So um, I think that's what we're all looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's number one. That's definitely number one. I know we, we sat here and we joked around and stuff like that, but that's definitely the first thing that's on our minds is kind of getting everything back to whatever normal is going to be like once all this passes. Yeah. That's really the end of it all. You know what I mean? To, to get back to some sense of normalcy, but until then, obviously we'll continue to keep our eye on, um, you know, both the things that are going on uh, regarding the country and the world and this virus. Um, and at the same time, keeping our eye on the sports leagues and seeing how they respond and react to those things. And hopefully, as we said, we'll see a return to the games at some point soon. So Rob, we'll keep, we'll keep tracking it and I'll, I'll check in with you from time to time and, and we'll come back with any of the other developments as, as they come forth and we'll continue to talk about them uh, until we get the games back on the field. Yep, definitely, Jeff. Thank you. Stay safe out there. I will. I will. Thanks a lot, Rob. I'll speak with you soon.